Grace and peace. God bless you. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher for the next few moments. I'm Delisa Rogers-Fields, and today I'm going to talk to you about um, raising up your replacement. Now, first of all, that doesn't even sound right, does it? Who wants to raise up your replacement? But this message is geared toward leaders, um, either those who are currently leading or those who have um, a call or a mandate on your life to lead. So let's talk about this for a minute, raising up your replacement. First of all, one of the things that you want to uh, come to grips with as a leader, and this is assuming that you are currently functioning in that role, but one of the things that you want to um, come to grips with is that you are growing or you should be that's the, the the end goal is that you perfect whichever level that you're on you mature in it you grow in it and you move on to the next thing so a good leader understands that the area or the the task or the assignment that i'm called to is one that you know that eventually i will outgrow Eventually, you will outgrow. You think about raising children and you purchase clothes, school clothes or what have you, and they're going to fit that shirt and those shoes and those pairs of jeans for, you know, a few months or maybe a year, depending on their growth spurt has slowed up some. But for the most part, at some point, they are going to outgrow that that particular outfit. And then what happens? You either donate the clothes or you know, maybe pass it down to another sibling and then you start that process over. So as you're growing as a leader, you want to um, strive to outgrow your 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 thing, whatever that thing is that you're called to. And in outgrowing that, you want to position someone in your place. Now, that's not to say that you you're going to just abandon the work take off and, and leave the country or whatever, but it just means that you are aware of your uh, ability to grow and to flourish and to venture into some other things. And you may be venturing into some other things on a horizontal level or on a vertical level. You know, you may just move over and do something different, or you may move up and do something different. But at any rate, as a leader, you're always thinking ahead. You know, you, that, that's what being a, a trend-setting leader, a cutting-edge leader, you know, being innovative, you're always thinking ahead. You're thinking a year or two, really, five, really, you should be thinking five to ten years ahead of yourself. And so, you know, you don't want to see yourself on that same level doing the same thing the same way five years from now, ten years from now. So you want to have a goal. You want to have a vision. You want to have a plan in mind that, Within a year's time, I'll be doing this. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to take off and abandon what you're currently doing. It just means that you can position someone else in that role while you focus on something else. And I'm going to give you some good, 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 good biblical examples to kind of help drive this um drive my theory home and and help you to sort of expand where you are, because I believe that when you are um you know, confined to a position and, and, you know, and you're doing well by the grace of God. I believe that by faith, but you know, there can become a, a, you know, we can, we can become bored. 
even though we're doing what God has called us to do, but if it's the same thing, same day, same people, same, you know what I'm saying? It just becomes monotonous and it becomes more of a routine and it becomes more of a ritual. And you sort of lose that zeal. You lose that oomph. You lose that, that um, you know, that desire for it. Um, you lose that thirst for it because it's the same thing. But if you're 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 growing and you're expanding and you're blossoming and, and, and you're venturing out into some other areas, then, you know, that excitement comes back, that joy of the Lord comes back. And, and you know, that that zeal and, and that heart that, you know, f being fully devoted and fully dedicated and all in to to what you're doing, because it's you're doing something new, you know. You're doing something new, you or you're doing something different, and and so it just brings more of a vibrant energy to your work as opposed to, you know, here I go again, and and I think this is why so many people feel so um, frustrated maybe with their work, with their jobs and careers because after a while, I mean, first you get hired and you're so excited, you got this new job and new position, but then when you find yourself doing the same thing. You know, if you're a cashier, you're just doing the same thing. If you are a bookkeeper, it's the same thing. And so after a while, you can really just zone out and, 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 and it, you, you, you begin to, to, to do the work, but it becomes more of like a, a machine, you know, just a routine thing. You don't really put your heart into it. You're not even really tapping into the creative genius that's inside of you. You just do it. You clock in, sit down at your your cubicle drink your coffee and every day is the same thing and and so that's why it's so hard sometimes for people to get up and go to work because they're going to the same thing but as you grow even if you have the same position but maybe change your desk around change you know just do something different to to spark that creative genius in you change the colors in your cubicle change your chair you know put some flowers or plants or something you know just bring purpose back so i, I want to talk to you guys for a little bit about that because you know, I've I've been leading uh, ministry now, um, you know, for, for several years. And but not only that, you know, I'm a business leader and I do some other things as well. And so after no matter how in love you are with the work after a while, it can really become boring. It, be, it can become, um, you know, just just uh, uneventful, for the lack of a better word. And so you as a leader, you've got to tap into you and, and pull out the next great best version of yourself. Not so much looking and comparing to what others are doing, but you you got to tap into what God has put in you and pull out that next best version. So, you know, in in scripture, let me see, who, who can I talk about? You know, we can talk about Moses. And when you look at the work that Moses called him to do, excuse me, God called Moses to do to lead the millions of people out and take them through the Red Sea and establish them and train them for um, teach them the law of God and prepare them for Canaan or what have you. You know, at, he had other leaders uh, under, <clears throat> excuse me, under him who he could pour into because he understood at some point, you know, God is going to do something different with me. Whether it's going to be a new position and I'm assuming he thought at that time he would actually be going into the promised land or going home to glory. But, you know, he had Joshua and he had Aaron and he had Miriam and he had others that he could pour into and, and again, just identify <clears throat> your replacements and pouring out of yourself so that it can release you and relieve you to go and do some other things. So he had other leaders there and just watching the dynamics and the, the color 
of how they work their thing, that that, that which he's poured into them and then watching them take it and of course apply their own personality, apply their own skill set, apply their own you know, thing, and then just watch what he's poured into them, take on a whole nother, um, you know, take on another spin. And so there's an excitement with that. There's an excitement when what you've done, you can train someone else or identify somebody else, mentor them or guide them or what have you, and plug them into that role so that you can focus on some other things. Same thing happened with, um, with Jesus and his disciples, right? You know, he brought them in. He identified the 12. He trained them. And then what did he do? Hey, you go here. I'm going to send you out two by two. Bring back a report. Let me know what's happening. Don't rejoice that devil's a subject to you. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And, and so there was that. And the Bible said they had so much joy. And so I think that's where we lose sometimes that joy of serving God because you want to have you you want to serve the Lord, you know, with gladness, right? That's what the Bible says. And I think we we've, we've lost that. We've lost an essence of serving the Lord with gladness because we have not tapped into our creative genius and then not only that, we we you know, we have not identified those who can either help us on that level or who can possibly take that position so that we can do some other things so that we can continue to serve in the kingdom of God, serve with gladness, serve with joy. And we're learning new things and learning new roles at the same time. And so th that's kind of that energy that you want to have. And, and that's where growth takes place. As you're growing and identifying people, they're growing and identifying people who are in turn growing. In it. And so you're going to find this kind of like a, a nursery you know, of babies. And if anybody knows, you know, my husband, and I have five children. And, and let me tell you, <laughs> when you got babies around you, your life is animated. I mean, they, they, you just, you just don't, you can, nothing is predictable, nothing. And, and, but that's where you want to be. You know, that's where you want to be. You want to be in, in those atmospheres where there are babies everywhere. And I mean, yeah, some of them are going to make mistakes. They're going to believe me, <laughs> they're going to they're going to do things and you're going to have to, you know, reach back and sit them down and help them get through that season or what have you. But there's a refreshing in that because you can see the momentum, you can see the energy, you can see the movement, you can see the growth or the correction. And, and so there's movement. And so one of the worst things that we can have in the body of Christ is just that stale, stiff, you know, rigid, structured, where, you know, everything is predictable. You can tell when you come into the building or come into your fellowship or what have you, you can pretty much predict who's going to do what, what they're going to say, how they're going to say it, who's going to, you know, respond, how they're going to respond. And so again, you lose that spontaneity and you lose that excitement and you lose that zeal. And so then just like going to work every day, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to church. Going. And, and so you just don't really have that excitement. And so there, that's why there, the, there is the importance of identifying replacements. You know, when you're serving on, if you're serving on, on the, the deacon board, if you're serving on the usher board, if you're serving in hospitality or children's ministry or uh, prison ministry, or, you know, you got a letter writing uh, pen pal ministry to those who are incarcerated, uh, incarcerated or what have you, you know, you want to do that. But what you want to do is you want to, you want to, you want to work yourself out of a job. That's what a good leader does. A good leader works themselves out of a job. In other words, they they are so well versed in what they do to where God says, come up higher. You know, you, you want to be if your your job is as an usher, you know, or, or whatever the terms are that you all may use in your ministers, what have you. And and you're you're doing that thing with such fidelity. You you're you're sold out, you know, you're 
your, your clothes are pressed. You've got, you know, your appearance is on point. I mean, everything is on point. You're serving. People are, are feeling refreshed when you, you know, support them and whatever. They feel safe. They feel supported. And, and you're just doing that thing. Your leaders are, you know, commending you and applauding you. And the, your team is, you know, glad to have you on the team. Then what does God do? Because, you know, when we are faithful in the little things or in the least things, he makes us rule over many. And so you work yourself out of a job. And so then, you know, maybe the, the, the time comes where your leader or the Lord says to you, you know, I'm going to release you from the usher board. I want you to serve on hospitality or what have you. Again, like I said, this may be a horizontal thing where you're just kind of stepping over into another lane. And that's good because that's still movement. And so you can take your skill set that you've learned in that one department or, or, you know, organization, and you can transplant that and then use it and then grow with that as well. So you, you, you want to, you know, uh, so devote yourself to the work, whatever the work is, to where God is saying, you know what, I'm so pleased with you. Come up higher. Let, let's go higher. Let me give you something else. Let me add to you. Let me multiply you. Let me because you you you're working yourself out of that out of that um, position. So you want to identify going back to my topic. I kind of veered off a little bit, but you want to identify your your replacement. I want to talk also about Elijah and Alicia, uh, Alicia, however it's pronounced. And, you know, when it was time for Elijah to to, you know, take his rest and understanding he had these you know schools of prophets that were under his guidance under his tutelage he didn't just take off and say well you know you guys i've taught you you've been doing well and you know figure it out <laughs> but what did he do that's what a good leader does when they know that they're about to be promoted and here in this case this was a, a vertical movement he's going to glory and so you know he didn't just leave the people there kind of wondering how to figure it out what are we going to do now you know, that Elijah's gone, the chariot of Israel. And he identified Alicia. And Alicia comes on the scene, and there is this fervent, this zeal, this drive about him. And, you know, it and he was he was on Elijah's heel. Like Elijah would try to deliberately shake him off, but he couldn't because even Elisha, he knew some there's about to be a shift. Something is about to happen, and I need to get in place so I don't miss it. And what happened when Elijah was called up to the chariot of fire, he dropped his mantle. Elisha picked it up and immediately he smote the, the, the waters and the waters divided. Because he, he said, where is the God of Elijah? And so that replacement, that whole theory of the replacement, it was it was it was it worked. And Elisha went and did twice as many miracles that Elijah did because Elijah worked himself out of a job. And it's okay. It's okay that somebody else is going to come and they're going to do this and they're going to do it better than me. You know, I, I was sharing that my husband and I have five children. We have two girls and three boys. And we oftentimes, because God has truly blessed them and blessed us with them as well. And so, you know, a lot of times I'll sit back and I'll reflect on the different gifts and different talents that they have. And, you know, with my oldest daughter, and I was mentioning her in another um, teaching, but she's doing some of the works that I did and but hers is on a whole other level because not only is she taking the impartation that she received from me but she's adding her own flavor 
She's adding her own experience. She's adding. And so that's what brings it again. It, it, that's that nursery I'm talking about. It just brings life to it. And so when she's bringing ideas to me or, you know, assignments that I've asked her to do and I'm looking at the work and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is incredible and, because I can see the growth. And, you know, a good, healthy leader is not going to look at that and feel jealous or feel resentment or feel bitter. But a good leader is going to acknowledge it. They're going to support it. They're going to encourage it because that is proof that I've done well. You know, as a teacher and I've you know worked as an educator for several years, but as a teacher, the mo the 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 best compliment that a student can give a teacher is to teach the material that they've been taught. I didn't say just learn it, you know, because I remember I taught fourth grade math and uh, that was so frustrating. The curriculum that they had, it was so frustrating. And I just wanted them to learn it. Forget trying to teach it back. Just can you please get this formula, get this this theory, get this, you know, uh, plan, this process, whatever. And they just couldn't get it, you know. And so as, as a teacher, if your people are not getting it, they may be part of the blame but then you may be part of the blame too because maybe your teaching style is not one that they can gravitate to maybe they can't you know it it may your teaching style may be the thing that's frustrating them um as opposed to well they're not getting it and what's wrong with them it may not be something wrong with them it may be something wrong with the delivery you know it may be wrong something wrong with the way that you're presenting the material so you've got to you know look at that but, you know, one of the things that, you know, the greatest compliment that a student can give a, a teacher is not just learn the material, but to reteach it. You know, hey, come before the class and show them how to do this. And then, you know, when you see them imitate what you've taught them, you know, they got it. And then what do you do? You can move on to something else, grade papers or what have you. And you can have student teaching or peer teaching or what have you, because that student has it and they can relieve you. To, to work on the next lesson plan or take a bathroom break or what have you. So again, these are the benefits of being a good, godly, influential leader to where you, you, you feel confident in leaving your mark on that next generation. You know, you don't feel some kind of way if you are installing a leader and, and they're more eloquent in scripture than you, or they're more sharper in their gift or whatever they, that's a compliment instead of you looking at it and being jealous about it it should be a compliment because it, it means two things number one you've done so well you've identified the correct person they've got it you didn't miss it because let me tell you if you identify the wrong person and you put the wrong person in position you want to have a lot of grieving dark sad days because like the bible said it grieved god that he anointed saul as king <laughs> And so it will grieve you when you put the wrong person in position and I can bear witness, you know, it will grieve you like, oh, my goodness, how can I undo what I've done? Um, so but, you know, the mark of knowing that you've done it right is to see that person that you've installed or that person that you've identified or that person that you've given that position to take it and invest their energy, invest their wisdom in it, they invest their, you know, selves in it and they take it to the next level. That's a compliment to the leader. You should never feel intimidated. You should never feel jealous. You should never feel you should never feel that way. Um, you should bless God. Number one, that you heard God to select the right person and then bless God again that they are taking that thing seriously. Because I've I've in my 
pastoring years, <laughs> I've ordained ministers and have been grieved because, you know, they'll get the title and the position and the platform and stop growing. And that is so frustrating because whenever God positions you in assignment, it doesn't mean that you just stop growing again. You want to always tap into your greater creative self, that which God has put inside of you. We are all many creators, the same DNA and spirit that God used to create the world. We have that. We were made in his image after his likeness. And so we should always strive to pull out greater versions of ourselves. And, and so it is a, and it, so as opposed to it being a compliment, when you identify somebody who's growing and blossoming and I mean, they've, they've taken that usher department to the next level. You started out with three ushers. Now the usher has 12. You started the praise team out with two people. Now you've got 20. You've got choirs. You've got a youth choir. You've got a mass choir. You've got a men's choir. It's grown. You started the ministry staff off with three, four people. Now there's 25 elders and ministers, what have you. You know, that's fruit. That's letting you know is confirming to you that you got you chose the right person. You, you got it, you know, and, and the fruit may take a while. You may just see a little little nut, a little bud on the tree. And because they, they may it may take a minute for them to grow into that. There may be some emotional things that they're working through, some personal things they're working through. So they may not bud and blossom and harvest as quickly as you may would like. But you'll see a little bud. You'll see something that lets you know, OK, that's that's right. I, I made the right decision by the grace of God It's taking them a minute, but I see some fruit and, and then you can, you can, um, you can work with that. So, um, yeah, you want to, you know, not back back or be reluctant in terms of identifying your replacements and don't look at it as if, well, I don't have anything to do. Of course, there's always something to do. Um, you know, when I, I think about in the apostles in the book of Acts with the, um, the widows and they were complaining and, you know, they said, hey, we've got to create this board. We've got to create another ministry that can, you know, minister just to the to the to the widows and make sure that they've got what they need. And so the apostles didn't feel some kind of way. They didn't feel slighted because, you know, well, I guess they won't be calling me anymore. I guess I won't be going over to mother so-and-so house. They didn't feel that way. What did they say? They said, you all go. We're going to point you all over this matter and we're going to, you know, attend the more weightier matters. We're going to stay in fasting and prayer. We're going to attend to the word. So again, it, when you identifying your replacements, it's not that it leaves you with nothing to do. No, it, what it does is it releases you to do greater things. Now you don't have to check your voicemail every five minutes and, 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 and you know, cut grass for five hours. And, you know, you, you can have someone else do that and you can spend time in the presence of God. You can do something different. OK, so I wanted to just leave that with you. You know, those of you who are leading, um, those of you who will, you know, are called and, and you kind of in that hallway season as God is developing you and grooming you and taking you through the process. May the Lord be with you in that. But, you know, I want you to keep in mind that, you know, where God has taken you is not your final destination. You, you don't have to stay there. I mean, you can don't get it. Don't get me. Don't get it wrong. You can stay there and, and you can usher till Jesus calls you home and, and that's fine. But just understand that there are 
other avenues. And, and, you know, there's so much, Jesus said it like this, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send labors, right? So you want to be that laborer that God is saying, Hey, you've served so well over here. I'm going to send you over here. You've done that. You've served in that position. So faithful. Let me, I've got something else for you to raise somebody else or train somebody else. And let me bring you over here and do this. And let me give you a whole new group of people to work with. You want that. You want that. You want to be that person that God says, Hey, I can, if I need, like he told, um, uh, Isaiah, you know, who will go for me? And I said, Isaiah said, send me Lord. I'll go. You know, you don't want to say, well, you know, Lord, I've been in this. I've been singing on the choir for 50 years and I, I just I love my spot. I love my alto section and I've learned all the songs and I really don't want to do anything else. I mean, that's your prerogative. You can you can do that and you'll go to heaven and, and God will love you. But, you know, if you want to, again, tap into that greater creative self, then say, you know what? Yes, Lord, I've been singing on this choir for 20 years. I know all the songs, but maybe it's time for me to write songs. You know, again, it may be a horizontal move. Doesn't mean you got to quit the choir. <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, and I'm trying to close, but then I feel another wave of, of wisdom and prophetic stuff coming. But, you know, many times people feel so frustrated. Well, I'm leaving. I'm not growing. I, I'm, and, and that may be the case. Don't get me wrong. That may be the case. There are valid cases where God said, get up and go now. But then there are also times where you may not have taking the time to go to God and say, Lord, I feel stuck. I feel like I'm not moving. And maybe it's because you've outgrown that position. Doesn't necessarily mean you outgrown the whole church. And that can be a thing too. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying before you make that monumental move and just unplant and move and uproot, what have you say, you know, Lord, I feel like I've outgrown this. What, what else would you have for me to do? And then submit that. I had one of my church members approach me Sunday and she said, Apostle, I, I, I want to I do something. I want to. And I said, OK, give me some. Let's pray. But let's talk. Let's pray about it. And then we'll talk about it. And I love that. I love when 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 the, the people can come to you and say, I feel like I want to do this. I feel like I'm called to this. And then, you know, I'm like, OK, well, let's talk about it. Let's because I, I want to make sure that God is definitely leading you there. I want to make sure that you're gifted and graced for that. Right. And then I want to make sure that we've got room for that. So there are a number of things that have to be factored in before we make that a reality. And so, you know, there, there's that there's a trust that a mutual trust that has to be there. Um, so there's a lot of factors in that. So, again, you may be feeling like, man, I've been doing this for a long time and I just kind of feel stuck. And, and that's a thing you can really feel stuck. So then what do you do? Okay, well, what, what else can I do? Maybe like I gave you an example about the, the person in the choir. Well, you know what? I, I've been, I know all these songs. Maybe I should start writing songs. Or maybe I should talk to the choir director and, and, and perhaps I can kind of assist the choir director. And, and maybe, you know, I'll do the Wednesday night rehearsals. You do Saturday mornings, you know? Or maybe I'll help train some new choir members. Again, just kind of broaden your horizons and expand yourself and grow from where you are okay so I'm, I'm leaving and i wanted to just kind of you know give you those little nuggets I, you know identifying your replacement don't be afraid of you know identifying somebody who's doing a good job they're serving you know and they're faithful and you know say hey you know what i think i want to train you to do this how, how are you interested in learning how to work this are you interested in learning this aspect of ministry come and let me take you under my wings and let me show you how to do this you know and, and then once they can, you know, excel in that area, then 
you, you're free to go do something else. You can lead them there and, and you can do something else. That's, you know, more rewarding for you. Okay. So that's my two cents. <laughs> I pray that I've said something that has, um, been a blessing to you. Pray that I've given you some things to think about, some things to, to, to pray about. And, um, you know, until next time, grace and peace. May the Lord be with you. Keep you as my prayer. God bless you. Amen.